This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Wednesday afternoon, August 30th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. Approval has been granted for a Tesla-themed diner and drive-in movie theater in Los Angeles. We'll learn about that in our next segment. But right now, a report on jobs in the private sector is out, along with the latest look at pending home sales. Joining us now on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Paul Christopher, Head of Global Market Strategy at Wells Fargo Investment Institute in St. Louis. Paul, thank you for joining us today. Now, the uh, ADP, the private payrolls report for the uh, month of August, is out. It found that uh, job growth was about 177,000 new jobs in the month of August. We'll get the government report on Friday morning. But, Paul, this kind of shows that job growth has slowed down, but it has gone back to the pre-pandemic trend. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's it's a good thing to see the labor market rebalancing, mainly because it shows that people are, are finally leaving their homes and coming back to the workforce. And as the number of workers coming in or would-be workers coming in matches better with the number of workers demanded, you'll start to see fewer supply chain bottlenecks. You'll start to get better service, uh, fewer, fewer restaurants closing early. All of those things will be the case. And in addition, you'll start to see wage gains moderate. We're already seeing hours worked slowing down as as employers work people for fewer hours. So all of this is good balancing, rebalancing, I should say, even if it does take us back to the pre-pandemic trend. That wasn't necessarily a bad trend. Now, before uh, inflation-weary consumers pop a bottle of reasonably priced uh, sparkling wine, uh, we still have the uh, Labor Department report on Friday, and uh, the ADP report and the government report don't necessarily agree. No, they don't always, and it's hard, uh, it's hard to, to predict what, uh, what the difference will be. In other words, one doesn't systematically overstate or understate the other one, but, but we are expecting what investors should be looking at here is Fewer jobs gained in the last month than in the prior months, and the trend continues lower. It's not a bad sign that we're creating fewer jobs. Again, it's a rebalancing. That's a good thing. Uh, What concerns us, though, is the consumer. And the consumer is really feeling a lot of pressure now. A lot of folks are run out of their credit card room. They can't get new credit cards. Uh, And now that labor hours are coming down, it means less take-home pay just because you're working fewer hours. And that also serves as a headwind to being able to buy things. We think the consumer will be the last pillar to fall into recession before the, the whole economy finally recognizes that the, the rest of the economy has already been in recession and we're just waiting for the consumers to follow along. So it's time for a good time for investors to be cautiously 
positioned in their portfolios. We're talking to Paul Christopher, head of global market strategy at the Wells Fargo Investment Institute in St. Louis. Let's move on to the uh, report on pending home sales, ticked up in July by almost a full percentage point. Uh, That's the second month-over-month increase in a row. So just goes to show you that uh, higher mortgage rates or not, if someone likes a home, they're going to buy it and move in. That's right. There's all sorts of stories out there about uh, people seeing listings in the paper and calling and putting in a bid sight unseen no inspection necessary, uh, all sorts of crazy things like that. That Just as we saw people running around with suitcases full of cash during the pandemic to buy homes. But look, here's the thing. The existing homes, the homes that are existing that are made available for sale are very few, and that's driving prices higher. The pending sales that you're getting are new homes, which have ticked up, but they're only about 15% of the total home market. So the, the U.S. is still really short of homes. There's lots of buyers out there, and they're willing to pay higher prices that's going to keep inflation a little bit higher especially in the uh, in the in the uh, residential area paul christopher head of global market strategy at the wells fargo investment institute in st louis thank you for joining us today coming up tesla makes a move into throwback entertainment and dining compounding your interest with an economy of words this is the wbbm noon business hour elon musk's tesla has reportedly received approval to move forward with plans to build an all-night diner and a drive-in movie theater in hollywood we're joined by paul hockman president of humongous media and former tech editor for the Today Show based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Paul, thank you for joining us today. Now, this concept, the uh, drive-in movie theater that serves as a Tesla charging station, this is something that Elon Musk has been teasing for years, and now it looks like it's actually going to become a reality. That's right. In uh, West Santa Monica Boulevard in L.A., on Hollywood, um, he is planning, and with the obviously with the city, uh, got an approval, as far as we know, uh, to put in a themed diner <clears throat> that has a bunch of superchargers uh, for Teslas right now. And you can also, while you're waiting to get your chart, you know, these 32 stalls are going to allow you to uh, also not only charge your vehicle, but get entertained and get fed. <clears throat> What's really interesting to me about this, I mean, and generally speaking, you and I talk about high tech, and certainly Tesla qualifies as a subject. But what's really interesting to me is the sort of unspoken fact about why this is possible or even desirable as a business model. And the answer is, it still takes a while to charge electric vehicles. Um, the fastest, a lucid air, not a, not a Tesla, by the way, charging at 350 kilowatts, which is sort of a supercharger about what you get at a Tesla, it takes 15 minutes still. So that's the fastest in the market. Kia, Hyundai, Genesis, they all follow close behind. But the point is 15 to 25 minutes is a normal, quote, fill-up. Well, if that's true and, you know, the average is longer, then there's a good market for Tesla's new all-night charging station where you can go watch movies. As opposed to uh, the gas station where uh, you're in and out in 10 minutes, give or take, uh, depending on how many cars are there. Yeah, that's right. And by the way, it's it's the average fill-up time is seven minutes uh, at a gas station. So obviously about half the top speed, if you will, for Lucid and its electric vehicle system. But here's what's really interesting to me is that I think we've all – I'm not going to make a judgment. I'll tell you my own personal thought is when I pull into a filling station, the last thing I really feel like doing is hanging out. First of all, it's kind of gross. doesn't smell so great. The food that's being offered in that store is often something that'll take years off my life. (laughs) Um, And so I, I, you know, fine, it's fast. Absolutely. But if you're going to take a giant step back and look at, I don't know, the European model, if you will, for lifestyle, a lot of people like things going slower. And I don't know yet whether or not this Tesla, you know, restaurant slash drive-in is going to be 
uh, good for business, but I can tell you from a lifestyle perspective, it's not so bad to wait a few minutes, assuming you have those few minutes to wait. We're talking to Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media and former tech editor for the Today Show based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I mean, thinking out loud here, a couple of ideas that popped into my head as we kind of describe what this supercharging station slash all-night diner slash movie theater concept is going to be. And the first one is, I shudder at the thought of Elon Musk uh, being superimposed into the old-fashioned let's-all-go-to-the-lobby animation, uh, you know, dancing <laughs> with... Uh, uh, an, a, with with popcorn and and lollipops and pop and thing things like that. Uh, the other thing, though, is this could you know the the, the drive-in movie theater was a concept that was revived uh, during the pandemic when a lot of indoor activities were restricted. Uh, movie theaters are having a hard time bringing people back into the standard old-fashioned pre-pandemic multiplex experience. Maybe this could be the next evolution in not only movie theaters but also filling up your car. Uh, Musk wants to show movie clips. Why not just have a drive-in where you see a movie theater and charge up your car? Right. I, I don't think that's far-fetched at all. I mean, think about, and I'm not, I'm not trying to jump ahead and anybody out there listening who want, has a new business model that springs from this, I want 5%. But here's the <laughs> We know where to find you. <laughs> exactly. But So imagine, I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but dog grooming. Dog grooming takes about 15 minutes. Nobody wants to do it. you got to go to Petco or something like that. Imagine taking your dog to this, the dog gets groomed while you're charging and you're hanging out and there's dog grooming services. Or, um, you know, we talked, obviously he's set up with restaurants. I do not like the idea, your idea, by the way, <laughs> of the dancing Tesla uh, Elon Musk soda can. But at any rate, the point is that there are lots of things that 15 to 30 minutes is actually appealing to take care of and you never really have the chance. So it may be a lifestyle change. It may not be, but I honestly believe there's a market for a sort of pleasant filling up experience and tesla may be onto it it's like a 21st century uh, highway rest stop except it's in the middle of the city paul hockman president of humongous media and former tech editor for the today show based in cambridge massachusetts thank you for joining us today coming up next the impact of hurricane idalia on air travel worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocado like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Hurricane Idalia made landfall in Florida this morning as a powerful Category 3 storm. It is now powering through Georgia. Let's discuss the impact on air travel, including the ripple effect across the country with Joe Schwederman, Professor of Public Services and Director of the Chattuck Institute at DePaul University based in Chicago. Joe, thank you for joining us today. A lot of uh, big tourist spots on the Gulf Coast of Florida impacted by Idalia as it slammed ashore, Tampa, uh, Sarasota, and other Gulf Coast airports. And, and typically, you know, what is the airline operations manual? What does it say about a hurricane approaching not only an airport, but an airport that could be a, a major operational hub? Yeah, this one was real clear. We saw the hurricane come, and airlines did a lot of preemptive cancellations to avoid uh, planes being in harm way, not only to avoid damaging the planes, but being stuck during the pandemic. So uh, Tampa was the biggest uh, 
airport affected by that, of course, Sarasota, Fort Myers. Uh, I will say, though, the fact that Hurricane moved a little north, that we escaped uh, some of the worst-case scenarios. So those airports are due to be fully open by tomorrow. But, boy, now all eyes are on Charlotte. That's uh, That could be a major disruption if it uh, doesn't change course. Now, this uh, potentially, uh, at least as far as the Florida airports are concerned, uh, you're talking about a two-day closure. Uh, if, it, if the airport is closed for maybe two days or a day and a half, uh, what's the impact on operations? How long does it take for things to get back to normal? You know, with preemptive cancellations, they can get back pretty quick because the airplanes are not uh, out of sync. The pilots haven't run out of uh, eligible hours and so forth. But but the problem now we have is the airlines, especially in leisure markets like uh, Tampa, the Gulf region, you know, load factors are so high that when they restart flights, all those passengers that were disrupted may take them days to get out, uh, unlike the old days where you could sort of, you know, work the system to get people where they want to go. So I suspect there's a lot of pain happening right now in last years when they're told, you know, we can get you out on Sunday and people are uh, already been stuck there a few days. Talking to Joe Schwederman at DePaul University, uh, we are right before the last major holiday weekend of the summer travel season, Labor Day. Uh, is it a lucky break for the airlines, at least as far as Florida is concerned, that it hit on Wednesday and not on Friday? You know, it is. Uh, it's odd to say only a thousand flight canceled is lucky because <laughs> it's uh, it's a big effect here, and this will hit the airlines' bottom line when you have these kind of markets affected for multiple days. Uh, but we're not measuring the cancellations yet in the thousands. We're just close to a thousand, and it may, may hit two or three by the end of it. But. Uh, but I can tell you that, uh, you know, with the manpower shortages of airlines, that's what happened last year when we had these uh, uh, you know, weather delays and suddenly things uh, just spin out of control with cancellations all over the country. And that could happen here because all the four big airlines have lots of things that are out of sync. And we'll see how well they can respond. And hopefully it's better than last year. Joe Schwederman, Professor of Public Services, Director of the Chattuck Institute at DePaul University. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead in Personal Finance Wednesday, tips on buying a vehicle from a former car dealer. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Hurricane Idalia slams through Georgia, leaving its mark on Florida. Migrants staying at a Chicago police station are taken to the hospital after falling ill. In Personal Finance Wednesday, we'll get some inside information on buying a car from a former car dealer. Apple is expected to unveil a new iPhone at a special event coming up in two weeks. Business, the market. Markets are higher. The Dow is up 42 points. The Nasdaq is up 79. And the S&P 500 is up 18. 68 degrees right now in Chicago under partly sunny skies. And topping our news at the half hour, Hurricane Idalia is barreling across Georgia, unleashing heavy winds, rain, and a life-threatening storm surge. It made landfall in Florida this morning. The details from CBS News correspondent Jim Crisula. Clouds are lowering and darkening as Idalia moves across the southeast. Heavy rain will fall, prompting flood watches for areas east of I-95. There will be a tornado threat, and tropical storm warnings are posted for the coast of Georgia and the Carolinas. At least 
least two people have died in storm-related crashes. Several migrants staying at a Chicago police station on the far south side were taken to the hospital yesterday evening after experiencing what are being described as flu-like symptoms. Community activist Andrew Holmes tells CBS2 that getting proper health services to the migrants is vital. But at the same time, we need to get some medical care for these individuals. And my concern is how many of these children have been vaccinated before they was placed inside the public schools? Think about it. Five ambulances were called to the 4th District Station on 103rd Street in the South Deering neighborhood. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are slightly higher today. Joining us now on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Shah Gilani, Chief Investment Strategist at MoneyMorning.com, based in Miami. Shah, thank you for joining us today. And uh, in the ongoing battle between hawks and doves and team soft landing when it comes to uh, sussing out the uh, future of Fed policy and fighting inflation. Team soft landing got a big boost this morning in that private payrolls report uh, coming in below expectations, but on the pre-pandemic trend. Well, that's two days in a row, Rob. The markets have had good news in terms of the narrative that the Fed is likely done hiking. Um, So far, so good. I don't know that we're out of the woods in terms of a September hike. We still have a PCE number, CPI. Uh, We've got some other important numbers coming up before that meeting. But the market seems to think if the labor market itself is loosening up finally, uh, and we also saw uh, consumer confidence take a two-year hit yesterday, as the lowest it's been in two years, uh, that the Fed may be done. And the market so far so good. We're seeing some follow-through today. Uh, Let's hope it can continue. But I I have some uh, cautionary fears out there, um, and and they relate to higher for longer probably working their way through the economy and causing some damage. Yeah, the, the question is, and I guess the it's not even the $64 question or the $64,000 question, let's talk about maybe uh, the trillion dollar question, is uh, you know what? where in the interest rate hiking cycle are we as far as impacts on the economy? Uh, this is probably the, uh, the, the fastest we've raised interest rates in decades, now over 5%. And, uh, you know, where along that gradual hiking cycle are we as far as impacts on the economy are concerned? Well, let's just say uh, we are done. Let's just assume the Fed is done. Uh, you're right. The acceleration from zero to five and a half in Fed funds, and of course, that's what banks charge each other overnight. It's not what consumers are paying. It's not what loans are going for. So uh, in the real economy, as opposed to the market or Fed funds rates, uh, the impact is yet to be felt fully through. So far, consumers have managed. Consumers have paid up. Um, revenues uh, in terms of corporations have been doing very well because they've been able to press, um, uh, pass along higher uh, input costs. So far, so good. Um, and the GDP numbers are, are astoundingly good. So, so far, so good. As far as the long and variable lag, Rob, we haven't even begun to see that. I think uh, if the Fed doesn't do anything, if they're done and they leave rates where they are for six months to a year, which is entirely possible, I think we'll see some damage because we can't have this kind of acceleration rates and not have fallout. We're talking to Shah Galani, Chief Investment Strategist at MoneyMorning.com in Miami. Uh, when it comes to consumer confidence, that is another uh, piece of the inflation-fighting puzzle, because if the consumer says, you know what, 
uh, I'm tapping out. I'm done. Uh, prices are too high. I've blown through all my savings. Maybe it's a bad idea to do the uh, White Lotus-style vacation right now. And, and they stop spending money. Uh, that pressure goes out of the economy. Well, we are a consumption-driven economy, and if that does happen, and I'm I'm afraid, I'm, I'm on, I think, on the, the smaller camp of being afraid that consumer is getting tapped out. I see it in a lot of metrics that I look at, not just credit card um, balances being north of a trillion dollars. I'm talking about delinquencies and defaults, and I'm talking a lot of personal stuff. Bankruptcies are some of the highest we've ever seen them um, as far as small business bankruptcies. So we're starting to see that right now. And that means if that means more job losses, that means the consumers getting tapped out. That means that come then we're going to see it very quickly as far as the numbers on the back to school sales. And then, of course, we have the all important holiday season. I got a feeling if it's a bust then this economy is headed for a recession. Shah Galani, Chief Investment Strategist with MoneyMorning.com, based in Miami. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next in Personal Finance Wednesday, tips from an insider to get the best deal on a car. Money Talks, as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Personal Finance Wednesday, and as you shop for a car, SUV, or truck, you're probably wondering what's going on behind the scenes at the dealership and also ways that you can get the best deal. Let's get some insight from Matt Jones, spokesman true car based in los angeles uh matt you used to sell cars so uh, you know some of the magician secrets uh for people who may be in the market for a new car but before we talk about uh some of the specifics what is the new car market like these days there's a great deal of disruption there was the chip shortage there was all sorts of supply chain issues and not too long ago if you wanted to get a car and maybe make a deal there wasn't a whole lot of wiggle room is that still the case well, I'll tell you, the car market today is certainly a lot better than it was last year at this time. Uh, the chip shortage is still a thing, but it's not as uh, it's not creating as much disruption as it has in the past two or three years. People are making deals. Incentives are starting to come back. It's kind of brand-specific, and it's also model-specific. Uh, but we are finding that shoppers are having an easier time navigating car purchases now, and we can see that also reflected in the uptick of purchases than they have been, you know, in the past two or three years. Doesn't mean the cars are getting cheap because they're not, but people are actually having a bit of an easier time shopping and getting what they want. And then uh, if, if, if you are in the market for a new car, you want to upgrade what you have, there's a lot of stuff that you can do before you even leave the house to, to have a lot of uh, knowledge and just a lot of preparation you can do before you even uh, leave your house and go to the dealership. Absolutely. And I think probably the first thing that I'd that we've been sharing with people is to understand the state of automotive market where it is right now. You know, if you consider, Rob, the average car on the road is about 12 and a half years old. And that means the people who are buying right now may not have bought in 8, 10, 15 years, and things have changed, particularly as it relates to brand loyalty. So, for example, a person who was all in on one particular brand 12 or 13 years ago, and that might have been the right thing to do for them and their families, now the first thing, maybe open up those brands and that's first and foremost so that you have a wider selection to choose from and, of course, better deals to choose from if you open yourself up to uh, things that you maybe hadn't considered in the past. We're talking to... Get past... 
Uh, go ahead. We're talking to Matt Jones, spokesman True Car, based in Los Angeles. Uh, some of the things that you can do before uh, just basically online is uh, check pricing uh, online, see if the dealer, the, the price the dealer is offering is kind of uh, in line with what the market wants. Uh, look for incentives, uh, configure your car, make sure you find the right trim for you, uh, and then uh, check your credit and uh, make sure you can actually af- afford the car you want. Well, that last one is the most important right now. With interest rates really impacting everybody, you know, average interest rates 7 or 8%, sometimes as high as 9 or 10, depending on newer used, really understanding what you can spend your, your money on and what your affordability is and what your buying power is, is probably more important than it has been at any point in the 20 years I've been in the car business. And people can certainly do that online. So taking advantage of all those tools is imperative, but particularly when you consider 85% of people are using some sort of financing to buy their car, it's super important that they understand what finance rates are and how that impacts what they can buy. And, and and this is a very important thing to point out, too, as far as things that you can do before you go to the dealership. Of course, the dealer would want you to use their credit department to finance your car, but maybe you'll find you can get a more competitive rate or a more competitive monthly payment if you go to a larger financial institution. Yeah, or sometimes even a smaller financial institution like a local credit union. So we always encourage people to do their financing ahead of time, understand, and it's called getting a pre-approval. You you speak to your primary bank and see what kind of loans they offer. You speak to a credit union and see what they can offer. And you have that in your back pocket. And then when you go into the dealership, sometimes the dealership can actually beat it. So it could be better for the consumer. But you always want to go in forearms because saving a percentage point or two on your loan could make the difference between getting a good deal and a not-so-good deal. And then what are trade-in values like these days? I mean, the used car market was so hot for so long that uh, people were getting uh, pretty decent numbers for cars that were purchased during the George W. Bush administration. Is that still the case? <laughs> uh, yes and no. It's, so it's dependent upon the car and the pricing range that it is. Some of the cars that are on the lower spectrum of the pricing range, you know, those three or $4,000 uh, cars, five or $6,000 cars, we've actually seen some of those cars drop in value. Uh, probably r- relatively precipitously in the past, you know, eight months or so. Uh, but the cars that are in the eighteen to twenty-three to, to thirty thousand dollar range, that seems to kind of be the sweet spot of where people are buying used cars right now. The values are still great. Now, it's worth saying they're not quite as high as they were a year ago, but they still are historically high. So people are still getting good values for their trade-ins. Um, if you've got a car that's you know, you know, eighteen, twenty years old and sitting with two hundred thousand miles. Um, you may not get as good of a deal as you would have about a year ago, but for everybody else, you're still getting good money for your trade-in. Matt Jones, spokesman, True Car, based in Los Angeles. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Apple is announcing a fall special event on September 12th with expectations that a new iPhone will be unveiled. We're joined by Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today, founder and editor-in-chief of Techish.com, based in San Francisco. Jennifer, thanks for joining us today. Uh, what's the rumor mill telling us about uh, the new iPhone? This would be the version 15, uh, whether it's actually being unveiled, and what are some of the uh, alleged features of it? We absolutely expect that Apple will unveil the new iPhone 15 and iPhone 15 Pro. We think the next generation of iPhone will include some new colors, likely titanium, which is kind of hinted at in the invitation that we received yesterday. Better battery performance. That's what we're all asking for more than anything. A switch from Apple's proprietary lightning connector to USB-C 
which we expected and they've hinted at. The EU is making that changeover. So once again, we'll have all these dongles and we'll have to get the USB-C charger. Uh, But that will lead to some faster charging. Of course, some improved camera capabilities. Um, And we expect a new Apple Watch, an Apple Watch Ultra. Little incremental. We also expect a higher price tag. So bottom line, if you have a 7, you know, iPhone 7, iPhone 8, It'll be a great time to upgrade. Don't run out and buy a new one just yet. Uh, And if you are thinking of trading one in, you'll get more value now than you will when they announce these new phones. All right, uh, Jennifer Jolly, uh, the most important question here, speaking as someone whose junk drawer is a museum of charging (laughs) cables over the past uh, 10 years or so, uh, if we're going off the Apple lightning cord, what does this mean for uh, the average American's uh, charging infrastructure? Does this mean uh, we have to go out and buy new cords again? Well, everything else has switched to USB-C, so likely they'll provide, you know, we're hoping they provide a dongle, kind of like they did a little Band-Aid, like they did last time. They changed us over to Lightning. Likely they're going to charge you, you know, $5.99, $9.99 for it. But the good news is it will be compatible with everything else you're using to charge everything else. You know, your laptops, your tablets, your smart home devices. So hopefully you have a couple of those in your junk drawer as well. They're the new standard all over the world. Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist, USA Today, founder, editor-in-chief of Techish.com, based in San Francisco. Thank you for joining us today. If you missed any part of today's show, you can just go to our stream and skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.